Welcome, listeners, to Season 3, Episode 17 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Shar. And I'm Kelly. And this week, we celebrated Friday the 13th by watching Friday the 13th, Part 3, from 1982. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be simple, but coming right at you. Because it's in 3D. <laughs> this episode will contain discussion on sexual assault. So if that's something that you need to not hear today, feel free to skip this episode and we'll see you next time. All right, everyone put on their 3D headphones because this podcast is coming right at you. Whoa! Using new Dolby 3D technology. We're right here in your brain. Hi. We theoretically could make it so that like it's it goes back and forth between the different ears. Oh, God. I think some headphones even have the ability to like project it further back in the headphone or further forward. That's cool. But I've listened. I listened to a podcast once where each there were two hosts and each one was in a different ear. Yeah. Which extremely sucked because I, I would always listen to podcasts with one headphone in. Oh, yeah. And the app I was using wouldn't let me do mono for some reason. Damn it, apps. So it was fun to just hear a half of the conversation. What if someone is deaf in one ear? You gotta be able, you gotta make your show accessible. Yeah, it was a weird flex. Anyways, I made the drink tonight. You did, because I was like, Kelly, help me. On on this Friday the 13th. Very spooky. It is Friday the 13th. It's Friday the 13th, everyone. Happy Friday the 13th, 2020. I made this one pretty simple. So it's... That's what I said in the intro. It's like it's a highball, but it's got a twist. And I made it specifically that while you're drinking it, the twist has settled on the bottom. So as you drink it, your eyes get the horrors at the bottom of the cocktail. Coming right at you. And I made it with Mad Labs Premium Vodka. Yay. I do like. Yes. Thank you to Mad Labs, our lovely liquor sponsor. We appreciate you very much. And I do enjoy their premium vodka quite a bit because it kind of tastes like vanilla. Mmm. Yum, yum, yum. Even though (laughs) it's like, it's very subtle. It's not vanilla vodka. It's regular vodka, but I can't describe it. I like the idea that anytime something just has like a a good quality to it, it's like, mmm, tastes like vanilla. Oh, this champagne is such high quality. Kind of tastes like vanilla. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so far, I just taste... Soda water. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, that's what's in this. But I do see this oozing blood coming right at me. Whoa. So I'm excited for that to settle into my drink a bit more. Listen, I had to make it simple because our last one was one of the more, well, not complex, but had it was a lot. A lot. To it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I loved our live episode. Plus, drink. this is Friday the 13th. This ain't. This ain't no Ari Aster artsy horror film. <laughs> this ain't no psychological thriller delving into the corrupt nature of the human psyche. Whoa. This is just a slasher with a big guy. And he's got axes and machetes and all harpoons sorts. Harpoons this time. Yeah, and a harpoon. That's the most complex it weapon gets. he's ever used. So this week we watched Friday the 13th Part 3, which premiered on August 13th, 1982. It's directed by Steve Miner and written by Martin Kitroser and Carol Watson, who has an easier name. Thanks, Carol. <laughs> it stars Richard Brooker as slasher killer Jason, Dana Kimmel as traumatized and headstrong final girl Chris, Larry Zerner as young actor and prankster Shelley, and Gloria Charles as biker gang member Fox. Also, Rip Gloria Charles. She died like three years ago. Oh, yeah. It was really sad. Yeah. I love the, these films. And she had a little, I talk about it in the episode, but <laughs> she holds a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. I want to, let's dedicate it. This episode is dedicated to Gloria Charles. I'm going to have just 3D text coming right at you right now with <laughs> in memoriam. <laughs> This synopsis is by two different anonymous users on IMDb because if I combined them, it made the whole movie. 
After being defeated by Ginny Field, Jason manages to escape and is now on the run. He kills an old couple out in the woods and arrives at a private campsite known as Higgins Haven. A day later, Chris Higgins, who had an encounter with Jason once as a child, and her friends arrive to the campsite. However, when teenagers stumble into a barn, they find Jason and are then killed. Jason then sees the rest of the teenagers and begins killing once more and gets a new hockey mask. It's now up to Chris and the rest of their friends to stop Jason. One by one, all of her friends die, but Chris manages to hit Jason on the head with a shovel in the barn, tying a noose around his neck and hanging him. However, that's not enough. Jason is still alive, so she hits him on the head with an axe. She recognizes him as the man who attacked her two years ago. She then wanders over to the lake and falls asleep in a canoe that drifts into the middle of the lake. Very reminiscent of the first Friday the 13th. The next morning, she wakes up in that canoe when suddenly she sees Jason, now unmasked and bloody from the axe cut, appearing from an upper window, causing him to run outside to the lake to attack, but sees that it was just a part of her imagination. Realizing, suddenly she gets pulled into the water by a decaying Mrs. Voorhees, who has her head still intact. It's revealed that it was just a disturbed nightmare, and at some point later, the police take Chris, mentally disturbed from the events, off the property into the police car as they drive off. The film ends with Jason's deceased corpse, still with an axe intact in his head, and showing the lake in peace once again. I have to make an addendum. Yes, go for it. The second sentence of that synopsis was, he kills an old couple out in the woods. That couple was like... Middle-aged. Early 30s at the most. (laughs) I did think that was weird. It also had very odd punctuation and capitalization, but who am I to complain when I steal anonymous users' synopses? This ain't no artsy grammar horror movie. (laughs) Why don't you play me just that classic trailer, not those artsy trailers? Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are 1 through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part 3. In 3D. So I have a few points about that trailer. Is it that they it made it seem like it ended three different times? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's always classic <laughs> that old uh, horror movie trailers will be like, Friday the 13th, part three. Friday the 13th, part three. But uh, fans of the podcast will remember when we watched the first Friday the 13th mm-hmm. and the trailer did that thing where it was like, one, oh, two, yeah. Three, four, (laughs) wait, five. And I liked that this one made reference to that in the beginning where it was like the weekends, the great, a good time to go into the woods unless it starts with a Friday the 13th because 13 is bad, but also one through 12 is bad as well. Um, And then we're going to count it for you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I liked it because it seemed like they were just going to not do it. Because they were referencing the first one and it's like one through 12 is bad. We don't have to count it for you. But then <laughs> later in the trailer, they're like, "Nah, we'll count it for you. <laughs> don't worry. We know what you want. Yeah. And it's us counting. You didn't know two through 11. We get it. Speaking of numbers, do you want to go first? <laughs> That was a great segue. I Thanks. would love to go first. So my first point is that this is the first one we've watched from my fancy box set. Ooh, Whoa. the one that you recommended everyone buy and go watch. Yeah. Well, I don't. It was a limited edition box set, so I don't think you can buy the literal one that I have. But go buy a box set or find it off the back of a truck because you got to watch these in succession. It's a good flex. I got the special edition one. Yeah, you can't have it. Brush, brush. It comes with an art book. Ooh, so many Jasons. <laughs> but so what's cool about this box set is that it has a lot of, not recreations, but they re-scanned the original films. Ooh. Is that the right way to say that? I have no clue. I should have brought the set in with me because it has the wording very 
well compared to what I'm saying right now. Uh, they used a camera and filmed while the movie was playing. No, it's from the literal negatives, you know, like the actual real. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, and they just made it better than they had the technology to do before. Yeah. So it's very, very clear comparing it to the ones that we've seen before, like the 4K kind of took some getting used to for me. Mm. I'm the kind of person that when I watch a high definition television set, the ones that are 4K. Oh, the high refresh rate yeah, ones? Yeah, that's it. It hurts my head <laughs> and I don't like it. And it makes me feel like I'm not watching a movie. I'm watching like home videos sort of. Yeah. It's the same thing that uh, soap operas do, actually. Okay. Yeah. Or like one of the Hobbits was in that. Oh, yeah. the I think it was the first Hobbit. And I hated it. <laughs> Which is so weird. I love that. I remember going to like Best Buy or something and standing in front of one of those TVs. And I think like Avatar was playing at a high refresh rate. <laughs> I was like, whoa, it's like I'm looking out a window into Pandora. Yeah. For me, I don't know. It just... I did get used to it as the film went on. I think if I watched a television set like that all the time, I would get used to it and then I would like it. But for now, it's new and I just feel icky. Yeah, if we get a new one, I if we get a new TV, I specifically want to look for one with a high refresh rate and then you can use our current one. Yeah, but I wanted to say that the film being redone like this was so interesting to see. It was cool. You notice a lot more detail, obviously, because it doesn't have the like 80s shimmer, I'll call it, of like the graininess mm-hmm. of film back doesn't in the day. Doesn't look like garbage. But also it did highlight some of the flaws and like dirt that was kept on the lenses for some of the shots, which yeah. I thought was funny. As a uh, previously professional lens dealer, I imagine that was kind of irritating. Yeah, totally. Sometimes we get blamed. Well, not anymore. I don't work there anymore. But I, when I worked for a certain production company, film rental place in Vancouver, we I would... I prefer professional lens dealer. Sure. When I was a <laughs> professional lens dealer, we would sometimes get blamed for people who didn't know how to work their lenses and they would get them dirty and then they'd be like, you guys didn't clean this before giving it to us. And I mean, I'm like, I, there's no way. Like, <laughs> I imagine the Friday the 13th part three team coming back with lenses and all of them just be like dusty and Bloody. cruddy. Yeah. <laughs> so we took, we did our best. Uh, you, you didn't say not to pour fake blood on the lens. We, yeah. We're doing 3D. <laughs> But I don't know why. It just added to the magic feeling for me of this being a classic. Like, oh, look at the little novelty of the (laughs) dirt on the screen. And this is one of my favorite Fridays, mainly because I find that the character of Shelly, who's the actor kid that keeps playing pranks, I find him very likable. Mm. Um, in certain ways, like when you just look at him with rose colored glasses. Yeah. And of course, this is where Jason gets his iconic hockey mask. Mm-hmm. So it, I, when I think of the Friday franchise, this is one of the top movies for me. I mean, I remember when we went to watch the first one and we just thought that this is what he was like the entire time. Yeah. And then finding out that it wasn't until like part three that he becomes iconic was interesting. And then with this being part three, <gasps> my next point is that it's in 3D. Whoa. Just like this episode. Whoa. We're in your brain. Mm. <laughs> but there were so many gags in this film. Uh, a lot of the kills used like 3D technology so that the hot poker was right at you mm-hmm. or they showed like an eyeball on screen that was like popped out and it was like oh the eyeball's gonna <laughs> touch me and just a lot of moments like that which kind of for me showed the film not taking itself too seriously it wanted to be fun and a good time it was less I think about scaring the audience and, and more, more about, like, about look look at this fun gag totally I did like that every time it happened, you and I would both go, whoa. Even though we're watching it in 2D. Yeah. (laughs) And I wish that I had seen it at the time. It came out after 3D was like first appearing and was a big deal. This was kind of like them trying to resurge the 3D movie. Yeah. But I still think that it would be really fun to see it in a theater and have that Whoa, (laughs) but for real experience, I watched, there was a film I watched at home back in the 90s 
that was 3D, but it was like a DVD and you just wore the red and blue yeah. glasses on your TV, which didn't really work. But it had the same like Santa was it was a Christmas movie and it was Santa Claus being like, everyone here has been so good except for you. And he would point and I'd be like, it's me. <laughs> I want to say one of the spy kids did that <laughs> and came with the, the glasses or like when you rented them from Blockbuster, they gave you the glasses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the third one. Probably. I love movies that are like three 3D did it. Good job, marketing team. Damn it. This is our third season. <gasps> we have to have been 3D this whole time. Or, I mean, you hear that's how the sound sounds now. That's 3D and it sounded like that the whole dang time. Oh, there we go. <laughs> this is drinking and screaming 3D or 3 double D. <gasps> that's me. And then my last point is that my favorite characters from this film aren't even the main characters of the teenagers or even Chris Higgins, who is kind of a cool final girl. Her hair looks like mine. So obviously she's cool. But I thought that the couple at the beginning was great yeah. to watch, like fun time. <laughs> and the bikers at in like the middle were also really fun. So the middle aged couple were really like middle aged or almost 30. Yeah, that's middle aged ish. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, 40 is middle age to me. I yeah. Mean, the guy looked 40. He looked like 32 at most. What? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Anyways, this couple that is clearly supposed to be older than all the teens in this movie, they're wacky and like they're the typical hetero couple where they kind of hate each other. Mm -hmm. And they definitely play on that comedy of like him sneaking food because his wife's like, you're getting fat. La, la, la. And the wife being like, why aren't you doing the laundry? I just cleaned it. Yeah. The classic nagging broads, yeah. am I right? And that's my point mainly is like, I enjoyed the scene for these characters, but I'm also like, why do movies do this? I find it really annoying. Uh, why is it like, oh, the old ball and chain? Oh, marriage sucks. Blah, I mean, blah, I'm going to pull this just entirely out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure that like, uh, around the like nuclear family is the backbone of America time. The idea of like getting married and having kids was such a finite static thing that like you would get married probably out of high school with the first person that was willing to touch your dingling. You would get a job, buy a house, pop out a few gremlins and like gremlins. never actually find someone that was probably compatible with you. Uh, so you would then start to hate them because you don't actually like each other, but you're stuck together because you're married. And then they put that into pop culture and then all the people it's, watching. So it's supposed to be like relatable. You're yeah. like, ah, that's me. Like married with children. <laughs> you're supposed to sit there watching this dad hate his family. And it's like, aha, I hate my family and life too. <laughs> that's so awful. Yeah. Again, I pulled that out of my ass. I, I don't mean, know if it's actually true. <laughs> it makes sense. And then my other, the other people that I really liked were the bikers, mainly Fox, because she's so badass. I thought that it was really cool how she, there's that whole moment in the, not drugstore, but like corner store uh, with the teens and the her. Deponair. Yeah, the dep. That's a <laughs> Quebec thing. Um, <laughs> but then later on, when the bikers come to fight back against the kids for having knocked over their bikes, and they're going to burn down the barn. She actually takes a moment to like confront her group and be like, should we really be doing this? I don't think this is a good idea. This is an overreaction. Maybe this is dumb, guys. <laughs> and I, it's nice to see how freewheeling and fun loving she is when she's in the barn itself and like swinging off that rope. And I just have rose colored glasses <laughs> watching her because you can play as her in the Friday the 13th video game that I love. Hell yeah. And yeah, she recently passed away. She passed away right before her character came out in the game. Oh, yeah. Didn't they have to like ask her estate if they could use yeah, her likeness? They got permission from her family. And of course, they were like, hell yeah, she would love that. Yeah. I like that all of the bikers kind of looked like they were from a musical. They did. They acted like it, too. Wait, is that uh, do you have a fact about that? I don't. Okay. I'm just saying that I totally agree with you. And I think it's funny. 
Because, like, they're, I don't know if they were intentionally supposed to be like, oh, it's the rough and tumble gang that you got to be afraid of. Yeah. But, like, they're, like, striking poses and they're all dressed like they're on stage at a musical. I just imagine they start, like, snapping towards Shelly when he crashes into their bikes. Were they jets or sharks? <laughs> yes. I don't know which ones were which. The sharks are the non-whites. And I say that specifically because, oh boy, especially in Vancouver, if you see a production of West Side Story, they just, they're like, yeah, it's the ethnic group, even though it's specifically about Puerto Ricans. Jeez. <laughs> it's so bad. And one time, Theater Under the Stars, call out, bad call out to Theater Under the Stars, had white people play them. Ah, did they do a fun little accents and stuff as white people? Oh, indeed. They Ooh. also had makeup. Oh, Oh. And we're encouraged to tan all summer long. Oh. I'll probably That's, cut uh, that out, I'm actually. Glad that, <laughs> I'm glad that this episode is 3D so that the guttural noises are coming right at you. Yeah. I think you should keep it in. Okay, I'll keep it in. Sorry, Theater Under the Fuck Stars. Fuck that production company that doesn't pay its actors. Oh, oh boy, all kinds of shade. <laughs> hey, guys. Are you ready for... Whispers from So this is a fabulous way for you to help the show and for us to say thank you is if you write reviews for us, specifically on Apple Podcasts is the best way because people looking for new podcasts, they go to the reviews, they see what other people like. So if they see a bunch of positive reviews from all you fine listeners then they'll probably want to join for the ride. Well, so, let me explain SEO to all y'all out there in, <laughs> in internet world. I won't. It sucks. <laughs> Do you want to read this review? Yes, it's short, so I can't fuck it up, right? Ah. This one is from Heroes of Horror from Whatever Sue on iTunes. It says, what a wonderful couple. Thanks for your humor and fun sharing of horror movie information. Yay! I also like that you said you couldn't fuck it up, but you were like, this is from Heroes of Horror when that was the title. It was from whatever, Sue. The title that she wrote was Heroes of Horror. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. We have brand new Patreon exclusive buttons, including a I'm Buddy approved pin that is super adorable. Go to patreon.com slash drink and scream to join in on the madness and vote for which film you want us to watch for our happy horror days December special. (gasps) Wow! All patrons will also be receiving a horror day card from us. It's cute. It's adorable. It's adorable. Horrifiable. <laughs> when we reach $150 per month of Patreon support, we'll start doing live monthly watch-alongs of horror films so we can all get to hang out and experience the joy of horror together. We're up to $73 per month now, and we wanted to say thank you to all of our patrons who have recently upped their pledge. There will be a new pre-fear bonus episode for next week's movie. Wink, wink. You'll find out at the end of the episode. Special shout out to Mad Lab Distilling who provided us with their amazing collection of spirits, full stop, and bitters to use in our cocktails this season. I'm so sad that it's not October anymore and it's Christmas. So it's a jing, jing, ding, 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 spirits <laughs> and bitters. <laughs> uh, That's good. Thanks. We're running low on our supplies, so I hope that they can send out to our neck of the woods because I love all of their liquors. Please. Please. Please, sir, might I have some more? <laughs> Is that a Christmas movie? Yeah. Well, sort of. It's Oliver. This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by Evil Amy's Terror Shop, who provided us with some amazing goodies to talk about on our episodes. Today, I'm going to chat about their Black Skull Leather Makeup Bag. It's made of artificial leather, so no animals are harmed. It's black, so it goes with everything. And yet also subtly creepy. Oh, you mean my dice bag? Yeah! I didn't know it was supposed to contain makeup. I've been using it as a dice bag. <laughs> oh, no. You can buy their dice bags. They ship globally at EvilAmy'sTerrorShop.com. We finally got our new horror candles. Wow! Wow! The final girl in the Jersey Devil. Uh, so I split it. Char gets one in her work office space, which is all the way far away from me. And uh, Yeah, like 20 feet. Woof. Whoa. I got... <laughs> We live. We're, we were working in different spaces, so mine is going to smell like the Jersey Devil, which has this really cool, like woodsy smell to it, with 
kind of like a, a haunted flavor to it. And uh, Shara's going to get the final girl. Of course, which kind of has, I like it. Is it. There's a bit of perfumey floweriness to it, but then still that forest vibe. Yeah. Because when you're being the final girl, you got to run through a forest. Exactly. And not have sex. Go to horrorcandles.com and use the code DRINKSCREAM10 for 10% off your first purchase of three or more candles. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream, on Facebook at drink and scream, and you can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. Please tell us what to name the mom segment. Yeah, what do we mean the mom <laughs> segment? The rest of the episode's coming right at you. Whoa. This bit's going to get so old by the end of the episode. All right, so this is the darker side of the podcast because Shar apparently really liked this movie, but oh. all of my points are quite negative. Yay! <laughs> uh, so right off the bat, something about all the teens like setting up in the camp felt incredibly boring. The moment that they all stepped out of their van, it's like there was maybe 20 minutes of just drag yeah. For a really long time. I mean, there's a reason why I said I really liked the couple at the beginning and the bikers. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care about any of the characters. They're all pretty milk toast and just kind of like fit into their archetypes, but in a really boring way. Yeah. Shelly, again, was the only interesting one. And I've got comments about him later. Um, but yeah, everything just kind of felt really, really slow. And then they start throwing in the 3D gag scenes which put which an, you hated it puts such a halt on the scene for that moment like the, oh, the kid playing with the yo-yo where he literally hits her in the face and she's like oh that was close yeah, i wonder if that was an outtake <laughs> <laughs> that seems like an outtake that they just oh, kept boy but uh like they'll be in the middle of having a conversation and then someone will pick something up and then hold it up to the camera and sit there for a while and it puts such like a weird pacing on every single scene and because then, that's when the audience is supposed to go, whoa! Wow! It's the part that Kramer walks in and everyone has to clap for 25 minutes. I fucking and, hate Kramer. Eh, but you get my meaning. I do. So yeah, I don't know if like, I think that was the thing that got me the most too, was that the scenes were so incredibly boring. And then as fun as the 3D stuff was, it just extended the scene to a point where I was like, oh my God, please just show up and kill everyone, Jason. Yeah. And they did also that thing where they played the last movie for like 10 or so minutes, maybe a bit less. I mean, that was fine because part two is dope as hell. <laughs> but I feel like factoring in your comment as well about the extended moments of 3D, it's like they were trying to extend the runtime almost. Yeah, they were really padding it. Which, I don't know, I guess, fucking do do your thing. But yeah. And then there were so many times of like, maybe Jason's in the barn. No, maybe Jason's <laughs> in the barn, guys. No. Hey, I'm going to go into the barn. I'm going to see. Oh, I saw someone walking on the barn. The fucking barn got so much play. Yeah, it did. That's and, a, an area that you can actually play in in the Friday the 13th game. And there's... Always a shotgun in it, I think you said? Most of the time, yeah. There okay. is one at the back of the barn. I can't. I, I And usually there's one part to either fix the gas or, or uh, yeah, like a gas canister, which now I'm like, oh, yeah, because they were going to be fucking Whoa. lighting the barn on fire. I made that joke while we were watching about, man, I can't believe they wasted two gas canisters burning down this barn when they could be <laughs> starting the car or the boat. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. It was just, it's kind of a bummer because, like, the first two were fun and this one was boring as fuck until jason showed up yeah but that's fair it's okay there was 3d and that was funny anyways do you want my darkest comment oh boy are we gonna get into some awful men yeah Great. so i'm glad that we had the, the disclaimer <laughs> at the beginning about uh sexual assaults and and whatnot because every Single guy in this movie fucking sucks tell me more uh, they're also goddamn entitled about sex like the first one was fun. Everyone, everyone's a horny goddamn teen. All the girls are like, hey, 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 chase me. And all the guys are like, yeah, let's bone. And then they have sex and it's fun and exciting. But like, God. So Rick, who's 45 years old at the very least, guilts Chris 
about not immediately wanting to have sex with him the moment she walks through the fucking door. After it's been like months of them not seeing each other. Like, uh, yeah. And he like starts kissing her and stuff. And she's like, I just want to settle down at first. And then she, he like starts to call her cold and like just guilting the fuck out of her. He yeah. like claimed he's going to leave at one point specifically because the car broke. But he also mentions that like she hasn't, she doesn't want to have sex with him. And it's like, Fuck you, Rick. It's awful. You old man. <laughs> you pedophile. He's weird old man. Uh, yeah, Rick's an asshole. Even Shelly. Oh, man. Shelly. The Come dorky on. body, self body shaming actor guy. He's he's put up on a date with his friends and he makes no attempt to get to know her. Spends the entire weekend trying to scare everybody and making an ass of himself. Uh, the only thing he does is like, heroically saves her from the biker gang by crashing into their bike and then almost killing a guy. Yeah. And then he calls her a bitch for rejecting him after making, again, making absolutely no attempt at actually getting to know who she is as a person. Yeah. What Uh, the heck? And then we're supposed to feel bad for him, but then he goes to scare her again because she rejected him and it's like... But then he's dead. Then he gets killed and then that's fine. It's it's all good. (laughs) Unless he gave Jason his mask, which is good. Yes, very so, cool. So, like, even the dorky, relatable guy is a fucking asshole. Because women. We hate women, apparently. Why can't they just have sex with me all the time? Why can't... The only thing they're good for, why aren't they doing it 24-7? Why aren't they me? not just doing it? Like, there was that one couple that was all... It, both were excited about having sex. They had sex in a hammock. It was a new experience for them. They joked around about it. Like, those were... That was the... That was good. That was good. Yeah. Then there was even the stoner couple where like there was a cool power flip where like the uh, the guy was a scaredy cat and the woman was like, haha, what would you do without me protecting you? Yeah, totally. Yep. But mostly the men were bad, including Jason. Oh, boy. So I imagine you uh... have a fact about this scene because I know the fact about this scene. But. For some reason, they decided to have this extremely uncomfortable subplot about the main female character of this movie, definitely, probably, extremely hinted at being uh, raped by Jason. Yeah. Uh, And that's the reason she doesn't want to come back. And... That just makes Jason a fucking asshole as well. And it and like then nobody wants to see Jason movies ever again because oh Yeah, it like it takes the fun out of a slasher villain. Yeah. It, if he does like that's that's one of the only things that far. he can do to just fucking ruin a slasher villain. For sure. Like he can massacre people, he can bend them in half, he can slice them down their crotch where the while they're doing weird handstands for some <laughs> goddamn reason. <laughs> but like I don't know. Writers should know that that's that just makes it not fun. It's not a fun slasher anymore. Totally. It's the main reason I don't watch those awful Halloween movies or why we haven't watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street past any of them. Yeah, we've seen two of them. Yeah. So like explicitly, that's how you drowned, you asshole. Yeah. Your mom would kill people for that. Like your mom should come back and kill you, Jason. God damn it. Jason. And it just doesn't play like he didn't do it ever in the past two movies and it's been like very much rooted in his character of him being against sex because of how he died yeah or supposedly almost died whatever so it's like why why are you doing and like even if like someone could think about it and jump to that conclusion he's like a guy out in the woods who hasn't learned anything and eats a bunch of animals but like don't include that yeah. Just let people have that fan theory on the internet. It's going to happen no matter what. But like, leave him like our our beautiful boy, Michael Myers, <laughs> sans Rob Zombie yeah. movies, is just a demon from hell that murders people. Like, yeah. it's wholesome. I shot him six times. I shot him six times. <laughs> He's pure evil. <laughs> like, just... Murdering people so dang wholesome. Why you got to corrupt it? Yeah, I want to see the cool kills. I don't want to <laughs> deal with someone else's trauma that's very reminiscent of my own. <laughs> exactly. So my conclusion on that is I enjoy when the movies are all about people being excited about having sex and that's why they deserve to die. But if they aren't, it sucks that the men are all written to be entitled babies and they still deserve to die, but they we shouldn't have to get that. <laughs> For them to be, they should deserve to die for the fun, 
frivolity that they experience. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Hey, that was want- a good point. I'm glad that you brought that up. I do talk. I have it mainly in my final thoughts. And of course, I do have trivia about it. Mm, that trivia. But do you have a positive point? <laughs> no, it sucks. <laughs> no, you read ahead, didn't you? I did. Because <laughs> it says a good point. A good point. <laughs> Just to end on a high note. That music, though. Oh, man, <laughs> I should have brought that up because it was from the box set. Even just the menu music was this like banging song. I was like, yeah, 80s retro. I mean, they use it like five times in the movie, but it's, <laughs> I love it. It's so bumping. We we danced every time it showed up. It was really good. I agree. It's like for anyone who hasn't heard it, it's just the it's just the campiest synth 80s music. It's so weirdly out of place, but kind of sets the tone for Friday the 13th. Totally, yeah. And I mean, it definitely going into future Friday the 13th, it, the, the music actually fits in more with them as it goes. Oh, yeah. It was. It, it really elevated the experience of, mm-hmm. again, for me, it's just like fun time Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, just cut a lot of choice scenes from the movie and it's fun time Jason killing people. Yeah. As he should, as God intended. <laughs> uh, I'm omitting a section from this this glorious podcast of ours because my mom did not watch this movie with us. No, so but this I, is a good time to say, please help us name the mom segment. Yeah. If my mom were to watch this movie with us and she wrote just 20 or so paragraphs for me to read <laughs> off on the podcast. It needs a name. What would you call it? I didn't think of anything else. We're struggling. So please help us. Thank you. Huh, what's that over there <gasps> on the table? That f- fleshy book. It's oh. time <laughs> to open the record. Hooting howling. <laughs> oh no, a cowboy gotten in here. Wow. Uh, that was good. I liked the hold that you did. Thank you. Very good. I was trying to uh, emulate you when I did it. Yeah. I I don't know how people feel about me setting up a scene ahead of time. <laughs> um, I, I don't mind uh, pretending that a book has just dropped through the ceiling and it's covered in, in man flesh. Hey, do you want my recommendation? I do. And I also want to say this blood in this drink is finally coming right at me. Whoa, bro. <laughs> uh, mine is unique. In New York? Yes. It's red leather and also yeather. Fuck. <laughs> That's staying in. It's not a movie. It's a game. Go play Until Dawn. Oh, man. Uh, it's basically an interactive movie with slasher elements and it also has the same, oh man, I never thought I'd come back here after that night plot to it. True. Yeah. So go play that game. Until dawn. Because that's when you have to survive. Whoa. My recommendation is The Slumber Party Massacre, which is also a film from 1982. It features a group of young women having, you guessed it, a slumber party. Whoa. And a guy who wants to kill them. And there's a screw gun or like a power drill involved for most of the kills. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting. There's definitely a lot of commentary that I can make (laughs) on it. So we'll probably do it on the show eventually. But that's the Slumber Party Massacre from 1982. It also inspired a 2017 game called the Power Drill Massacre. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I think we watched someone play it. Huh? Yeah, it's dope. It's one of those like new games, but it looks like an old PS1 game. Okay. Hell yeah. Are you ready for scary facts? Now, would you want me to also say that a dark haired, also sexually frustrated man in a half mask walked up to a piano and played that? (laughs) You could. I could do that. That's the 3D experience. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) The Phantom is here. Whoa. Oh, my God. It's Patrick Wilson again. (laughs) Can you tell the story? So. Throughout Shar and I's relationship, we have watched quite a few horror movies, and every time we get too spooked to fall asleep, our home becomes unsafe, but that's okay, because when we look up trivia facts, it just makes the world brighter, and also tells us that it was just a movie, and uh, no one actually died. Well, with some exceptions. Like the snake in Friday the 13th one. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, we're inviting you into our relationship with this section of the podcast. 
And Shar, take it away. As always, starting with the budget, it was an estimated 2.3 million. And of course, this is Friday the 13th, opening weekend in the States. They blew it out of the water with 9.4 million raked in in wow. one weekend. Whoa, the money's coming right at me. <laughs> and the gross USA amount to date is 36.7 million. Which is a fucking lot compared to their budget. So. Do you think that includes you buying the box set? Have they I, updated that number? Honestly, don't think so. <laughs> they also said that the cumulative worldwide gross was exactly the same number. And I just took that out because I was like, there's no fucking way. It's definitely more now. Yeah. I mean, because we're in Canada, not the USA. Yeah. I also need to start off my scaredy facts with this movie is a fucking liar. What? Because <laughs> what? this film actually takes place the day after the events of Friday the 13th Part 2, making it Saturday the 14th. And while the beginning takes place on the evening of Saturday the 14th when the store owner and his wife are killed, the majority of the film takes place on the following day, making it Sunday the 15th. This is not a Friday the 13th movie. That's also a fact that we said about the last Halloween Oh, yeah. Because Halloween 2 takes place the day after Halloween. Yeah. What the hell happened, movies? Oh, boy. When did it become okay to lie? <laughs> You're tearing me apart. I did not do it on Friday the 13th. <laughs> I did not. The house, barn, and lake were all purposefully built on location. And ironically, the man-made lake wasn't properly sealed. And subsequently, the water drained into the soil during the first week of filming. <clears throat> Nice. Is this the one, because you and I watched that like 45,000 uh, hour long documentary about all the Friday the 13th. Yep, Camp Blood. Is this the one that they built the house and all of the inspectors were like, this house is garbage. Do not go inside this yes, house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then they did it anyway. And then some teen later on used their fake, this isn't included, but they have a fireplace in this cabin, or not cabin, it's pretty big, but anyways, in this building. And a fan went to the set afterwards, like way in the future, and used this fireplace, which was a fake fireplace, and then the entire building burned down. Yes, I remember that. Because the documentary went to that scene. And they were like, sorry, we can't show it to you. <laughs> it was like it was like one of those true crime things where the guy's like looking at the camera and he's like, we stand at the site of the part three filming. Yeah. Here on this soil is where the house used to be. <laughs> When Chris and her gang first arrive at the lodge, they get out of the van and they're running towards this fake lake that they built. But you can actually hear Shelly holler Jeffrey instead of Andy. Andy was played by Jeffrey Rogers. Nice. God damn it, Shelly. Good job. <laughs> The original plan for this movie involved Ginny from the previous film being confined to a psychiatric hospital, which is really funny because I think it's basically like Halloween, too. Yeah, yeah. Suffering from the trauma inflicted on her during the ordeal with Jason, she eventually finds that intent on revenge. He has tracked her down and he begins to murder the staff and other patients. Literally Halloween, uh -huh, too. Yeah. <laughs> she ultimately declined the offer to return to the series because she was busy with other projects, which made them do full rewrites, but has since said that she thinks she should have accepted. Hmm. I mean, unlike part two, which started with the actress coming back to be murdered, they just didn't show that character at all again. Yeah. They showed it in like news clippings and stuff like that. Yeah. In the remastered version that we watched... There's a truly jaw dropping moment, which I didn't realize we hadn't seen it when we first watched the film. But you get to actually see all of Andy chopped the guy that like did the handstand. Yeah. After he gets split in two. So in the original version, you just see a glimpse of him as his blood drips onto the a Fangoria magazine. But now you see his like super gory legs severed, like right. body and everything, which was really cool. I did think that was I didn't remember that. In that I saw it and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Because that was a lot. It was like guts and intestines and like split in half and his legs and shit. Yeah. It was because cool. of my box set. Mm -hmm. To prevent the film's plot being leaked, the production used the fake title Crystal Japan after nice. a David Bowie song. David Bowie is a pedophile, by the way. Just yes. want to say that. This began an on-again, off-again tradition of giving Friday the 13th films David Bowie song titles during filming which I don't necessarily enjoy, but I thought it was cool to bring up. <laughs> yes. I mean, in this one, a very old man dated a younger girl too. So it makes, it's very fitting. 
Also, what plot? <laughs> Jason comes back and kills a bunch of teens. Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> Former trapeze artist Richard Brooker was chosen to play Jason simply because Steve Miner needed a big man for the role. Being six foot three, but not that bulky, the slim and toned Brooker wore foam padding under his clothes and did all of his own stunts. And they should have so, done that for part two, Michael Myers, too. <laughs> Dude was svelte. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Martin J. Sadoff, the film's 3D effects supervisor, is responsible for coming up with Jason's trademark hockey mask. So this is actually a thing. When we watched the documentary on Shudder, everyone was like, oh, I came up with the idea. Oh, no, it was me. I came up with the idea. You know, I, the producer, came up with that idea. But incidentally, the only IMDb fact that said who came up with this idea was Martin J. Sadoff. So I'm going to give him credit, but really, it's still a mystery. Uh, I don't know if the International Movie Database says so. It might have been Martin. (laughs) He always kept a bag with him full of hockey gear on set because he was an avid hockey fan. And while testing potential masks to use for Jason... He pulled out a Detroit Red Wings goalie mask for the test. Director Steve Miner loved the look and after making some modifications to the mask, decided to use it in the film. Nice. Well, I believe that one. Apparently. Yeah. Who's to say for sure? Twas I who slayed the beast. <laughs> Larry Zerner was cast as Shelley when the producers spotted him handing out flyers on a street corner for a horror movie. And they were like, hey, do you want to star in a horror movie yourself? You're the, just the kind of guy we're looking for. Nice. I mean, I thought it was cool. Man, I should go outside more. <laughs> Maybe I would get hired for stuff. There are so many horror films. Like Matthew Lillard was like walking down a hallway and they're like, hey, you want to be in Scream? Like, why does that not happen to me, please? I mean, I wonder how many of those stories are omitting the fact that it's like, yeah, I took five years of acting and didn't have any work for seven years. And then I was really destitute and I went to go meet my girlfriend as she was getting uh, an audition and then they were like, hey, you're skinny and interesting. <laughs> yeah, you're skinny and white and male. Do you want to be in Scream? Yeah. Yeah. They always omit the parts where it really sucks for several, several years. <laughs> this is the fact about that awful, awful scene, including Jason. So... According to the book Crystal Lake Memories, Chris's past encounter with Jason was originally intended to imply a sexual assault. I don't understand why they word it that way, because it's still fucking it. Yeah. The series was meant to conclude with this entry, and the writers wanted audiences to be pleased with Jason's demise, reasoning that if he were portrayed as a rapist, they would have no interest in seeing him come back. It was ultimately decided this was too dark a direction to take the character, and those elements were removed from the film. But really, they weren't because they didn't reshoot it at all. No. They just cut, I guess, the more, the worst Yeah, how more gruesome did this get? And yeah, it still very much implied it, even though we did like clothes didn't come off, whatever. I don't want to go into details and I don't want to be triggering for people, but it still seemed very implied what was happening. And her monologue over the shots was also very implied. Her motivation as an actress is clearly... That that happened like it's, yeah. they didn't change her motivation at all throughout the movie. She says something like and it was awful like after she's been describing how he was attacking her and then she like trails off and then she's like and then I was back in my bed. Yeah. And then I woke up. I and blacked like, out and woke oh. up and it's and like my parents don't talk about it. Yep. And I'm like, OK. I mean, if like, yeah, because if you had just escaped, then your parents would be like, good job running away from that dude in the woods yeah and it's obviously not and then jason picked me up and brought me home and Mm -hmm. my parents were like grateful for this guy in the woods yeah it's also that's really weird that they would do that because i think audiences would still be satisfied seeing jason just fucking ripped to shreds and be like haha yeah finally jason got it and And also will he be back or not yeah like i don't think audiences are really especially in slasher flicks like this like just fucking decimate him, cut off his head, and they'll be like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's rad. Give him the worst death of, of everyone else. Yeah, that's a bad choice. Yeah, but don't worry, everybody, because to lift your spirits, I have some... Car facts. 
Don't laugh at me. That was great. I'm going to do it every it's time. It's 3D, guys. <laughs> Did you feel the car coming at you? So Chris's van is a 1979 Dodge Tradesman. Uh-huh. And Rick's car is a 1963 Volkswagen Beetle. Nice. Those are the only two cars I could it's a find. Good German build. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. So it's time for final thoughts. Of the three final third final third of the three Friday the thirteenth movies that we have watched so far, this one is my least favorite. And for all the reasons that I said, it just wasn't that interesting to me. Huh. The kills were like Andy's kill was probably the coolest. The one where he was on his hands. Yeah. Yeah. And he was kind of chopped up. Yeah. Other than that, it was kind of just stabbing a little bit in 3D. They remade the Kevin Bacon one. That was pretty cool in the hammock. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And it was better, way better. Yeah, it was better. But somehow less uncomfortable. The weird meaty neck of Kevin Bacon made it a lot more uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but that's okay because I'm excited because I remember part four being rad as hell. Well, there you go. My final thought is that I'm really glad that they removed the sexual assault backstory for Chris because it didn't make sense at all. And honestly, they should have gotten rid of that entire scene. Like they could have cut it and the movie would have still been fine. Yeah. Well, fine for me. <laughs> yeah. Or rewrote and reshot it. They couldn't use like the motivations are very clear in that the footage that was used and it just didn't work. I feel like you could still edit to be like, I haven't come back since that year and then just shown like Jason swing at her. Yeah. And then been like that year. It's like you got attacked by Jason in the woods. That's a legit reason to not come back to this place. Yeah, because it's not Jason. Like, he's not a rapist. Doesn't Jason just hang out in Crystal Lake before this movie? How did he get all the way to Higgins Haven? It's a nearby camp. Oh, is it on the other side of the lake? Sure. Yeah. That's my final thought. Well, that's been Friday the 13th, part three, a movie about coming right at you. Next week, we'll be watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space from 1988 with Erica from the Customers Also Watch podcast. Woo. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah. for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.